Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life, and you are host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 175, the top three legal basics that every small business owner needs with Andrea Sager. So Andrea is a friend of mine, and she's also an incredible lawyer for small business owners. She also has an amazing personal story. She's such an incredible woman on so many different levels, and I know she's going to inspire you by everything she shares on today's episode. She recently went through a divorce, is now a single mom to two kids, and runs an incredible seven-figure coaching company. She works with amazing business owners all around the nation to support them in getting all the legal coverage that they need. She's somebody who I truly admire, and I'm excited to have her share all of her legal wisdom with you because she really breaks things down and makes it super simple to understand and to know exactly what you need to have in place to protect you and your company. So let's go ahead and dive in. This episode is sponsored by iHeart Coaching, our signature program for new and aspiring online coaches. iHeart Coaching is your one-stop shop designed to support you in becoming the next standout online coach. Whether you're brand new to the digital space or looking to take your coaching business to the next level, this is a comprehensive program that's going to show you how to build a successful coaching business from A to Z. We're going to share how to generate maximum revenue and book out your calendar with dream clients. To learn more, go to iHeartCoaching.com. Welcome to the show, Andrea. I'm so excited to have time with you and to learn a little bit more about your backstory as well as the work that you do now. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this. Love it. So normally with our guests, I ask you to share a little bit about the story behind your success. So why don't you take us back to where it all began? Yeah, so it started, I feel like with not exactly failure, but I had a previous business and I actually started that when I was in law school. Not that I didn't have enough to do, but I wanted more money. And so I started a business that it took off, but it wasn't as profitable. And I just quickly found out like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So once I started working, I thought I had my dream job, which was at a big law firm in Cincinnati. I was, you know, at the top of the building, I could watch the Cincinnati Reds game from my office. Like it was literally like looked like the dream job. Well, I quickly found out that was not my dream job. I was the youngest person there with a kid. And it just did not work from day one. So once I started, I sold the other business that I had. And then I thought I was just going to really dive deep into work. And I had planned on being married to my job because that's what I wanted growing up. I wanted to be married to my job. I wanted to be the breadwinner. And that that's what I was doing. I, I was finally living my quote unquote dream. But I loved working with small businesses because of the other business that I had. So even though that other business was not a huge success, it opened so many doors for me. And I had a clothing boutique. That's That was the other business. And I had tons of clothing boutique owners coming to me when I was at the old firm. And they were wanting help with trademarks, copyrights, all the things small businesses need. And the, they just couldn't afford the firm's rates. So... They couldn't afford them. And then finally, I actually did have a client who was like, you know what? I don't care how much it is. I just want you to help me. I was like, okay, great. 
let's help you. So here I am, a first year attorney thinking they're, you know, the firm's going to love me. I'm a rock star bringing in clients. And no, they straight up told me to my face, they did not want small businesses because they just, they just weren't quality clients for them. And at the time I, I didn't understand. I was like, here I am bringing client, like I'm bringing revenue to the firm. What's the big deal? Well, uh, Long story short, I le- I actually ended up getting fired from there after working for seven months because for a number of reasons, it just was not working. But it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I had already planned on starting my own firm. And once they fired me, I actually got a severance package, which allowed me a boost to start my business. And I started and I've honestly, I've had clients since day one. And that was because of the connections that I made from my other business. So when people talk to me about, you know, scared to start a business or they're scared, they're scared that it's not the right business. I always tell them like, start, just hurry up and start. And I know you've heard the quote, you know, fail fast. And that's, that's what I did is I was, I failed as quickly as I could, but that other business opened so many doors for me. And for the first two years of my business, boutique owners were actually brought in more than 50% of revenue for my firm. And now, I mean, now we work with every type of entrepreneur, but for a long time, that was a big revenue driver for me was other boutique owners. So even though that business didn't actually work out in other ways, it worked out (laughs) even better than I had planned. So I left Cincinnati. I left that firm. My husband at the time, we were ready to just start over because we were just in a bad place in Cincinnati. So we left once I got fired came down to Houston, which is where I'm from, and launched my firm. It went great. Things were kind of going pretty well. And then after COVID hit and we were stuck at home for about six months together, and I finally realized like this is is not the relationship for me. So then we got a divorce. So now I am a single mom of two kids, but I own a couple of kick-ass businesses. So that is my story in a nutshell. Amazing. There's so much I want to dissect in this. So my first question for you is, did you start the boutique business before becoming a lawyer or you were doing that at the same time you were going to law school? Yeah, I started in law school. So I, I actually started selling on Poshmark because when I was in college, I, I actually made really good money as a college student and all of my money was spent at Express and on clothes. Well, once I got to law school, I wasn't making any money. So I started selling everything on Poshmark. And then I started going to thrift stores and flipping clothes. And that that was before it was like this huge thing that it is today. And then I became like a really big seller on Poshmark. I spoke at their conferences. Like it was, a, it was, it was really cool. But then, and then I started the boutique. I sold on Poshmark. I had a website and we had a brick. We actually branched out into a brick and mortar store. Uh, And then we sold all of that once I started at the firm. And so where did you get that kind of drive and entrepreneurial spirit? Where does that come from? I just wanted to make a lot of money. Uh, that, That honestly has been my drive. And for a long time, I was apologetic about it because you always hear like, oh, people are greedy or you don't want to end up like these rich people or da, 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 da. But then I started finding more entrepreneurs that were unapologetic about wanting money because we want money because we want to do with it what we want to do with it. So uh, Chris Harder is a 
big mentor of mine. And he always says, you know, you want to be apologetic about the pursuit of money. And that's because you want to do with it what you want to do, as in, I want to give to the charities that I want to give to. I want to support my parents in the way that I want to support to uh, that the way that I want to. And now it's a matter of me. I pay everything for my ex. And that's because he's the prime, he's the primary caregiver for our kids because I'm over here killing it with two businesses. And the drive now for me is to support my entire family. And that is, that is my why now. And so I love that. And we can talk more about all of those pieces because I think it's really important And so when you shut down the other business, was there any part of you that was upset about it or felt like you'd failed? Or was it like, you know what, this didn't work out and that's okay. I'm going to give it all to law and, you know, see where that goes. So I was absolutely of that mindset. I was like, you know what? It didn't work, but everything happens for a reason. And at the time I was following a lot of entrepreneurs who had this story of like, oh, you know, I failed at this and that was my bottom And then I, you know, I knew, just knew it was only up from there. And that's where I was. I was like, okay, I know this is my bottom and it's only up from here. Now my ex, my husband at the time, he was the complete opposite. Like he was sulking in it. He was just like, this is the worst decision we've ever made. And and that's, that was, it's one of many reasons, but that was one of the times where I was just like, this is not my person because like, they're just not understanding Just give it to the universe and it'll be okay. Totally. Yeah. And I love what you said about money. And I especially, especially think this is important for women. And we obviously talk about this a lot and I hurt my life. There's so much judgment of ourselves that goes into building a business and putting ourselves out there and wanting to make a lot of money. And then of course, when you add children into the mix, there's guilt and, you know, worrying about whether you're spending enough time with them and all those things. I haven't experienced it firsthand, but I'm, I've heard from a lot of people. And so I'm curious to know, how did you start to release that judgment and just be an acceptance of what it was that you truly want and the way in which you want to live your life and run your business? It was really tough. Um, That mom guilt was there 100%, especially when leaving my ex, because it was a matter of, oh, and of course I got the guilt trip from him. Like, oh, you're splitting up our family. Like the kids are going to be you know, they're going to be hurt forever. But luckily I surrounded myself with experts and the support system that I needed. My, a therapist, like number one, that has been the best investment I have made in my 29 years of life. And she really helped me work through those guilt issues because I, and I thought about it. I was like, you know what, if I was a male in this same exact position, nobody would say anything. Nobody would blink. Nobody would bat an eye. But because I'm a female in this position, there's these questions. People think I've abandoned my kids. People think this, people think that, but no, like I'm, I am providing the best life possible that my kids would be ever be able to have. Totally. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's so important for other people to hear because I know for me, I want children, but I don't intend to ever not work. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to care about my kids and love them and, you know, want to have time with them and create memories. But my company and this mission and movement is so important to me. And it's um, definitely something that is still challenging to navigate at times because I didn't grow up with that sort of an example. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and she gave up work once she became pregnant with me. 
and so that you know scenario was a little bit different. So I think it's something that a lot of people navigate with, and a lot of people are still trying to wrap their heads around kind of the opposite roles to have mm-hmm. the husband or the man be the primary caregiver. It's still kind of a different scenario, which is crazy to say in 2021, but I think that's still a reality. And so I think it's so important that you're out there sharing your story and just being truthful about what you really want to do, how you want to live your life. And and you're obviously providing for your kids, which is incredibly admirable. So I just think it's amazing to have you as an example. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. One of the first hesitations, like when we had like the first conversations about, you know, splitting up as a married couple and it was crazy because as a woman, I never thought that I would have to experience the other side of it. Well, I, I never thought I would experience any side of it, but I realized like, this is what women feel like when their husbands who are the breadwinners, that's what they feel like when their husbands tell them they're leaving. It's like, well, what am I going to do? Like you've been providing for our family. And my husband didn't stay home. He's a school teacher, but he chose to be a school teacher in order to have that time with the kids to have those great hours, have breaks and summers off. And he, you know, immediately had that moment of panic is like, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to support the kids? How am I going to continue giving them this lifestyle? And from day one, I've always told him like, look, I don't want to stop being a family, but I, I just don't want to be married to you. And I will always continue to support you and the kids to make sure that the kids are, you know, taken care of and have the lifestyle that I want them to have. And how did you navigate that while running a business? Because I think running a business, like if I'm just being completely frank, it's it's hard. There's a lot of <laughs> ups and downs. And then you add COVID and a divorce into the mix. So how did you navigate all of that and still, you know, end 2020 completely crushing it? And, you know, I know you and I have spoken offline. There's so many incredible things in store for your company this year. How did you navigate all of that? Um, it was super hard. Uh, <laughs> so the month before and I, and, but I knew, like I knew in my heart, like I know things are about to get shaken up a, quite a bit, but just keep my head above water and everything will be okay. So the month before like all this happened, I, I think we hit around $120,000 in revenue. And then the next three months was $60,000. So our revenue was literally cut in half. And we're not back up to the $120,000, but we're almost there. And we're literally just going to be crushing 2021. Um, but I'm I'm just very grateful uh, for the team that I have and the team that I've built to maintain everything. Like uh, there were days or, you know, a couple of weeks where I was just like, you guys, like I, I'm not available. Like don't, <laughs> like don't even try to come to me right now. And they were all very understanding. They stepped up and I'm, I'm just very grateful to have the great team that I do have. Yeah, I think that's such an important point. And it's something I've definitely learned over the last few years is in the beginning, it, it can feel like you're doing everything. And I definitely waited far too long to build a team. But I've seen so many just incredible things from having that camaraderie and having that support because there are definitely days, you know, I haven't been through what you've been through, but there are days where I'm like, you know what, I just need to take a break. I need to step away. Or, you know, for us, we moved countries and there were so (laughs) many things we had to navigate with all of that. And you don't need to put your personal life and everything you desire on that side of things um, on hold because you have a business. But in order to have a thriving business, you have to have those people in your corner who get it. And 
you know, I think you're such a great example of, of, you know, the support that you've built around you and what's possible when you have that to be able to navigate COVID, the divorce, everything, and still have 60K months and, you know, now be back into uh, six figure months. That is amazing. I'm sure so many people listening to this are so impressed. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do now with the current business. I know you mentioned that initially it was mostly the boutique owners coming your way. Um, But now who are your clients and how do you help them? Yeah. So initially it was boutique owners coming to me for help with trademarks. And it's still primarily trademark work, but... I let, now I like to say we're a full service firm for small businesses. So any legal work that small businesses need, we can pretty much help them. And we help clients nationwide because what most people don't realize is a lot of business work is actually federal law. So I, a lot of times I get the questions like, oh, well, I'm in this state. Can you help me? And it's like, yes, we're not actually helping with state law issues. So we do work with clients nationwide, primarily trademarks. And then we have our legal membership, which provides all access to me and the team. And that has been a huge help. And that literally was just an answer to clients' questions. Like, can you like, do I, cause I don't like charging hourly. I don't like the hourly billing model. I didn't like it when I was at the firm. And when I started my own firm, I had clients that would come to me for trademark help. And then they would have little business questions here and there, which would literally take me less than five minutes to answer. And it's like, okay, I don't feel right charging for a five minute email, but at the same time, all of these emails are adding up for me. So that's how the, the membership came about. And with the membership, you get unlimited emails. So anytime you have a question, you can email the team and we'll get back to you pr- pretty quickly, typically within a day or two. Um, so unlimited emails, you get one phone call a month, you get document review every month. You also get access to our contract vault, which has over 90 contract templates that you can use as you please. And then you get a discount on other services. So the membership is very, very popular and it's a really big help for entrepreneurs. It's been a really big answer for a lot of small business owners. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you noticed such a need in the market. And you also checked in with yourself to ask, you know, what was in alignment and what felt um, right for you to offer your community. That's so amazing. And what is the price point of the membership? So right now it's $199 a month or $21.89 for the year, which is one month for free. That's awesome. And so I know you wanted to share with our community a little bit more around what the basics are for legal coverage. And I know that this is something that a lot of business owners don't think about or don't want to think about as they're starting their business. They definitely have getting clients and money on the brain, but I know the legal side of things is so important. So what can you share with us? Yeah. So the legal stuff, like the number one thing that I like to tell people and my audience is the legal stuff doesn't have to be scary. And the sooner you take care of it, the less scary it is. And I know, Emily, you talk about mindset a lot and the legal stuff actually has a lot to do with mindset. And it does, it provides a lot of blocks in people's businesses because if you don't take care of it in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I really need to do this, but I don't even want to think about legal. I don't want to even touch it. So it, it creates a block. And then I've seen so many clients, once they've actually tackled the legal stuff, their business just blows up. So 
number one, don't be afraid to tackle the legal stuff. As, as long as you're proactive, it's not scary. When you wait for an issue, that's when it becomes scary. So really the, t- the big three for business owners, online business owners in particular, is your business entity, contracts, and intellectual property. So your business entity, this is how you are legally set up. So if you have not filed anything with your state or your county, then you're probably a sole proprietor. I never suggest being a sole proprietor. I always suggest being at least an LLC, which is a limited liability company. And I suggest filing that as soon as possible, even if you're not making money, because let's say you plan on launching your business, you're starting social media, you're creating buzz, maybe you're even creating an email list already, and something happens in your business, you don't even know that you've done something wrong, but it causes you to get sued. Whether it's the next day or two years down the road, it causes you to get sued. And if you're not an LLC at the time that the thing happens, well, then they can come after your personal assets. So that means they can come after your car, your house, anything that you own personally. So I always suggest being an LLC as soon as possible, because once you're an LLC, if somebody, if you do something in your business that causes you to get sued, well, they can't come after your, come after you personally the buck stops at your business. So if they sue you and they get a judgment, let's say for $10,000, if your business doesn't have $10,000 to pay, well, they can't come after you personally. They just can't collect. So I always, always suggest being an LLC as soon as possible. So that's your entity. And then of course there's others. There's uh, You can file as a corporation, an S-corp. An S-corp is not actually an entity. It's a tax filing status. Definitely follow along on Instagram or listen to my podcast. I have many, many other resources to dive deeper into those. Um, so that's business entities. Now we have contracts. And rule number one is to just use one. Don't be afraid of contracts because I've heard so many times oh, I don't want you know this other person to think I'm trying to pull one over on them or I'm trying to you know slide something in there. No, contracts are there to protect you and the other party. The contract just lays out the rights and duties of each party to the contract. So don't be afraid to use a contract and it can protect you and the other party in more ways than one. And it makes you look more professional. If I'm gonna be working with somebody today, they better be sending me a contract. If they don't send me a contract, then I'm going to question their professionalism. So always, always use a contract. And there's many, many ways you can get contracts. You can find free ones from your friends. You can find free ones from Google. I don't, uh, I don't suggest those, but I know you're going to do it. Um, but I have created a freebie, which does cover the four must-haves that must be in your contract. So if you get a free free contract from a friend or Google, download our contract freebie to make sure that your contract actually is enforceable and it does actually protect you. Just go to contractmusthaves.com and you'll get that freebie right there. Um, I Basically, we, we sell contract templates, but I know people are still going to go out and get the free contracts. So I just realized like, okay, I just need to make sure they know 
what's in those contracts. Yeah. <laughs> Even that's so important. Yeah. yeah. We'll link that in the show notes. And I think that's so admirable of you because you could just be like, sign up for the membership. But you know, you know, especially people who are new where they're bootstrapping, there's so many expenses. Um, like you said, you want them to at least have something and then they can upgrade to the next level. Obviously, best decision is to go right in and buy a contract. But if, you know, this is all that's possible, at least they have this uh, incredible download from you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I mean, trust me, I know you're going to go get the free ones. And then once you are making some more money, then you can graduate to a custom contract with an attorney. So that, and that's typically what I suggest anyway, is starting with a template contract and then graduate to a custom contract when you're ready. Because when you're a brand new business, if you pay for a custom contract, you don't even know what needs to go in there. So I, I actually, I'm not going to say I stopped working with new businesses, but I, we created our templates because the new businesses would come to me. They would pay for a custom contract, but they didn't know what needed to go in it anyway. So they would just be using my template anyway. So we, if you're a new business, we always suggest starting with the templates, but if you're a, if you know there are certain things you need in your contract, then absolutely we we will create a custom contract for you. Um, and can I just ask one question about contracts um, yeah. before you move into the third thing? So a lot of people ask me, do we need to send people a contract for them to sign it physically or electronically, or can we just add it to the shopping cart and have a little checkbox? Can you answer that question? Yes. Again, great question. So if your product, your service, whatever it is, can be purchased online on a website where you do have terms right there. You do not have to send them a separate contract. As long as you have the terms either in front of them or at the checkout, there's the box that they actively have to check. And there's a link right there that says, I agree to the terms and conditions and the terms are linked for them to go read. That is perfectly legal. That is 100% binding, but the, the terms have to be linked and the box cannot already be checked. They have to check that box. So as long as those things are present, then absolutely that's binding. And then I get the question, okay, like if it's over a certain amount, when should I send the separate contract? You don't, I, you actually don't have to send the separate contract, but of course, if you're selling a $10,000 program, you probably, I mean, most people want just like a physical signature or something from DocuSign or HelloSign, something separate than the terms just for backup. So just know that you don't need to have a written contract as long as those terms are there and they have to check the box, but you can absolutely still have one. Okay. So this is turning into a little bit of a rapid fire question session. Let's do <laughs> it. Okay. So the next question I get all the time is what happens if my clients don't pay and I've had them sign the contract or they've ticked, ticked the box and it clearly states that their payments are due. What do you do in that case? So there's a couple of things you can do. If you have their card on file, you can run the card. Um, if you have their permission to do that, that does have to be in the contract. Uh, also in all of our contracts, we include a provision that says, if we have to spend money to get payment from you, you're also responsible for that payment. So if, so a lot of times clients will come to me and they're owed like maybe a thousand dollars, a couple of thousand dollars, 
And at that point, it's probably not worth it to sue in small claims court. However, if that provision is in there and the other party is responsible for the attorney fees and all the filing fees, then that does make it worth it to actually sue in small claims court. So if that provision is in your contract, then you may want to talk to an attorney to see, okay, should I go ahead and, um, should I go ahead and add this or file in small claims court? Another new one that I need to look into more detail is just adding it to their credit report. Um, it's just adding a provision to the contract. Like, Hey, if you don't pay, like this is a debt that you owe and we'll add it to your, uh, add it to your credit report. Um, don't do that yet. Um, let me do some research on it, but I will report back because I've ha- actually had a couple of people ask me about that lately. Um, cause if it's on their credit report, they may actually pay it quicker. Interesting. I love that. And I think I want to talk about the energetics of that really quick. So, um, oftentimes I ask myself, what would a man do and how would he handle this situation? <laughs> because yeah. I have a tendency to get very emotional about things. And sometimes it's just black and white. It doesn't need to be emotional, especially when it comes to business. And this is often the case with payments. So there are times where people are late. There are times where people just drop off. There are times where, um, they legitimately don't have the money and something has happened and, you know, circumstances have changed. So how much time and energy do you personally, or do you recommend that your clients spend chasing clients? And do you look at it from a perspective of what is the ROI of this? Because I totally admit there have been times where we've chased people. And then there have been times where we just kind of let people go because honestly, I didn't want to deal with it anymore. So what are your thoughts on that? So Personally, for the law firm, we don't do the work unless it's paid. We do have payment plans, but we honestly have somehow we have not had any issues. Um, We've never had anything go unpaid. So I've been very blessed in that realm. For my clients, though, I basically tell them, look, you need to look at who the person is that you're trying to collect and figure out, okay, does it look like they have the money to pay? Because sometimes there's, you know, somebody online or who has this online, you know, image online, who's making, says they're making millions of dollars a year. And so like, I'll talk recently about a client who had $10,000 in chargebacks. And this person is this huge business coach and they, advertise themselves as like a seven figure coach and blah, blah, blah. Well, she did all these chargebacks against my client who did more than 10,000. It was actually $25,000 that's owed. $10,000 was paid at that point, And she did chargebacks for all of that. And for that particular situation, we, we actually are suing because number one, it's a large amount. Number two, my client did all of the work and it, that is somebody who she knows she can actually get the money from. However, if it's somebody who launched their business yesterday, they owe you $2,000. You don't know if they have the two, like the $2,000 that may cost, like they may not be able to pay rent next month. So that's another place where I come from. It's like, okay, is like the $2,000, is it worth more to them or is it worth more to me? Yeah. It's an interesting one for sure. I mean, I've personally removed myself from the scenario and my team handles all of that. And I become a lot less emotional about it. Um, And I believe that there are more than enough clients out there. And at the same time, 
you know, pay your bills and keep your commitments yeah. to whatever it is that you sign up for, because you don't know, you know, what's going on behind the scenes with other small businesses and how your lack of payment will affect them. Um, and energetically, that's not a very good place to be, to be in debt to all these different companies. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I tell clients, it's honestly just a case by case basis. Like I help clients come up with processes, but at the end of the day, it just, it, it come, boils down to every individual client. Thank you for answering that. All right. And what's the third thing? So the third thing is my jam, which is intellectual property. This is your patents, your trademarks, your copyrights. I don't cover patents at all, but if you ever have patent questions, definitely reach out and I can connect you to the person that I always send my patent people to. Um, but my jam is trademarks and copyrights. And just a quick rundown, trademarks protect your branding. So anything that identifies your brand, it can probably be protected with a trademark. Think your brand name, your logo, your slogan, your podcast name, your course name, your product name, the name of a service. So for example, my law firm is Andrea Sager Law. Our membership is called the Legalpreneur Membership. The podcast is the Legalpreneur Podcast. All those things are protected with a trademark. So I tell people, if it has a unique name within your business, it can probably be protected with a trademark. Now, copyrights, this is all of your content. This is all your creative work. So if you have blog posts, videos, photos, the content inside of your course, this podcast content, all of that is protected with a copyright. And the thing about copyrights is you automatically have rights the moment the work is published. You don't have to have a registration. However, you may still want a registration. There's a number of things behind that, but a registration is still helpful. You just don't need a registration to have rights. So remember that trademarks equal branding and copyrights equal content. Um, I, I could talk all day long about trademarks and copyrights, but just a quick rundown. That way you can identify what you, you have yourself. Yeah, that's so interesting. And again, I think a lot of people hesitate, especially in the beginning, because they're spending a lot of money and they don't want to have to spend more money on the trademark. But are you saying as soon as the company is established, you trademark that name? And then as you add new things like the podcast or whatever it is, you would start to trademark those other pieces as well? Absolutely. So it in an ideal world, if money isn't an issue, you always want to be thinking about what trademarks you have and how do I get the most protection on these? And that's running your searches and getting the application filed to get your registration. Now, if money is an issue, which is the case for a lot of small business owners, then what I suggest is doing an official trademark search. And this is doing a search with a trademark attorney because The thing about trademarks is it's not just the same exact name that is trademark infringement. It's anything similar enough where consumers are likely to be confused as to who the owner is. So you absolutely can do your own search, catch the low hanging fruit for what's the same that's out there, but you do not know how to find the similarities that could still be infringement. And that's where our expertise comes in. And we have had so many clients that get a cease and desist letter after launching within a couple of months because they, you know, they did their own search, but it wasn't enough because they didn't find the similar name that was out there. And they thought they were good to go, 
because they didn't find anybody with the same exact name, but it was it was still similar enough to be trademark infringement. So they you know they spent all that time, that money, that effort launching their brand, and within just a couple of months, they had to start over from square one. Wow! Yeah, so that's such a good reason to get this done as soon as possible. Yeah, and not it, do it yourself. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm you know I'm here to say like everything's figure outable, and you can do a lot of it yourself. But if you're just like, look, I don't even want to risk it. Then I highly, highly suggest working with an attorney. And like I said, it it's not scary and it's not as expensive as people think it is. Um, it only gets expensive when you wait for those issues. And that, that's right. really where the scary stuff happens, the expensive stuff happens. So when you're proactive and you tackle it head on, it can save you many headaches, can save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. It can save you a lot in the long run. Yeah. My husband always says that about health. He'd much rather be proactive than have to fix something or heal himself from something. It's much more, much more costly and time effect, time consuming. Uh, okay. Amazing. Andrea, thank you so much for sharing all of those basics with us. That's super helpful. So I'm curious to know what is next for your company and what you're most excited about going into this new year. Oh man, we are really working on building out legal resources. So really targeting those new, new businesses that can't still can't afford to work with an attorney. So I, my firm works exclusively on flat fees. That way we don't have any surprise bills. And I like to think that we're pretty moderately priced, but we're, we're not the cheapest out there, nor do I want to be. But I know that those new business owners that can't afford to work with me, they still need help. So we're working on creating a ton of content this year, free content. Plus, we're working on creating more DIY resources, essentially, just do it yourself um, and teaching you the law. That way you can be equipped to handle a lot of these things on your own without bringing an attorney in. Love it. Amazing. So one of the questions that we always ask all of our guests here at the I Heart My Life show is what is one way you recommend people create a life that's better than their dreams? Oh my gosh, that is such a good question. I think, and what I've realized lately is just take time for yourself. That is the best way to create the life better than your dreams is just, you know, taking time for yourself. Like what, what do I need? What do I need right now? And that's even better than your dreams because in your dreams, you think you know what you need, but in the moment you may need something else. That's so true. Yeah. How often do we have it all planned out? And then we realize, oh, wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Or <laughs> Today I had to take my daughter to the doctor and I had one of those moments where it was like, oh my gosh, I have to cancel my whole morning. Like this is going to be so stressful. But then I was like, no, like this is exactly why I do what I do. This is exactly why I work for myself is so I can cancel things when I want and not have to worry about a boss getting on my butt about this. And this like to spend time with my kids when I want, like, this is exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. So even though I had to cancel a couple of calls this morning, like I, I had a great morning spending it with my daughter. Hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here. We're definitely going to link your contract must haves in the show notes, but where can people find you online, Andrea? So definitely check out Instagram and TikTok on Instagram at Andrea Sager law. And then on TikTok at the legalpreneur. So check us out on both places. 
Love it. And I'm personally so excited to see what's next for you, not just in the business, but also on a personal front. I know that last year was a little bit crazy. So (laughs) I'm excited about this next chapter and everything that's to come. So thank you so much for being here and for your time and your wisdom. I really appreciate you. I hope you love today's episode. Share this episode with somebody who needs it. We love spreading the I Heart My Life message far and wide, and you can help us do just that by sending this episode to a friend, family member, colleague, anyone who you know needs to hear this message and get this content today. We so appreciate it, and I'll look forward to talking to you on the next episode of the I Heart My Life show. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.